At Woodside Bible Church, we gather each week to pursue God by studying His Word together. We live in a culture filled with promises for a better life, deeper satisfaction, and greater purpose, but how do we know which is right? We invite you to join us for Smoke and Mirrors, deciphering truth in a world of truths, where we'll look to scripture to expose the illusions of our culture, and together, hold fast to a better answer, God's. Hey, good, good, good. We are looking at the book of Ecclesiastes. You can prove almost anything you want, right or wrong, from this book, because it is written from a perspective of a man who is searching using wisdom of this world and the intellect of this world from time to time throughout this book. I think every one of us have experienced this to some degree. That's why you're watching online today. That's why you're here today because there's something deep within you that says, what is it all about? Why am I here What's happening on this planet? And Solomon, the preacher, or somebody who wrote for him, a ghostwriter, we know it was the Holy Ghost, okay, wrote this portion of Scripture as Solomon is searching for happiness. Raise your hand if you want happiness. He's searching for meaning. Raise your hand if you want meaning. He's searching for the purpose for his life. This guy is the top dog. He's at the top of the pyramid. He's dealing with international affairs. He's dealing with wisdom that has come from on high. And now he's looking at wisdom from a natural kind of a perspective. Inside of this book, Be With the Lord, or Entered Eternity, after 70 years, nobody remembers that person. That's a very sad thing. Think about your life. What kind of an impact do you want to make? And I believe every one of us have that experience. So I want to show you this quick little video. Uh, it's of a boy. Yeah, go ahead and play that. He's about 11 or 12 years old. And he's coming to this revelation of life might be like a vapor. Well, what do you think? The video's even a vapor, right? <laughs> We'll get it. We got two amazing guys back there. So it's from the movie. Um, can't get it? Oh, okay. So it's a little boy named Sigmund from the movie, What About Bob? And uh, he's laying in bed. And Bob is in the same room. Bob is like a 45-year-old guy. And little Siggy says, Bob, are you afraid to die? And Bob, yeah. And he says, why are we here? We are all going to die. And he's having this revelation. I wish we could see the video because his little face is just so perfectly portraying everything that's going on in his heart. It's all empty. It's all vanity. What does real success look like? At this point, Solomon is beginning to use his natural reasoning. And he's saying, you know, maybe, like last week we heard, he looked at nature and he saw that the rivers all run into the ocean and the ocean's never full. It evaporates, it goes back, and when the clouds comes back down, everything is full of... What I'd like to do is point at who bought those books in your home when you were growing up? It was your parents. And you came from your parents. They probably bought books and were very interested in things 
that they were, they purchased books based on what they were interested in. And chances are children have those same tendencies and inheritances, you know, that have come from their parents in terms of different kinds of intelligences. And so today, one of the things that I'd like to focus on, you know, we have two intelligent people in the back there who were trying to get the video to work. <laughs> and these guys are gifted. I need to maybe get you a book on how to make this work. Anyhow, it's like intelligence in different kinds of intelligences, like a propensity for sports, a propensity for math and science research. Okay, those are gifts that come from God. And so today we want to look at perhaps developing that kind of gift that God has already given to us with wisdom that, yeah, might come from books because God gives wisdom to people, but also wisdom that comes from on high, wisdom that comes directly from God. In Acts chapter 4 and verse 13, it says, now when they, and these are those who are judging Peter and John, these are the religious people. Now, when they saw that the boldness of Peter and John, and they perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished. And then they realized, they recognized that they, John and Peter, had been with Jesus. Say, been with Jesus. Yeah, they've been with Jesus. They've been with the source. They've been with God in man. And that is where real wisdom and intellect can be to the children of man to be busy with. Why? I have seen everything that is done under the sun, and behold, all is vanity and a striving after wind. What is crooked cannot be made straight. I think we've experienced that in our lives. Until Jesus comes in. And what is lacking cannot be counted. I said in my heart, I have acquired great wisdom, surpassing all who were over Jerusalem before me. And my heart had great experience of wisdom and knowledge. And I applied my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. And I perceive that this also is but a striving after wind. For in much wisdom is much vexation. And he who increases knowledge increases sorrow. And so that's a pretty depressing kind of a look. It is Solomon's autobiography from a perspective that is under the sun. He is saying everything is, a, is like a mirage. Because when we're gone, it is all gone. And this is a, a kind of a contemporary philosophy within atheism as well is that everything is, um, well, if you boil it down scientifically, everything is made of matter, but matter itself is made of energy. And uh, I, I've had students who have come from foreign countries where there was no awareness of God. At least it had been purged from their, their original kind of hard drive of their hearts so that emotions were reduced to chemical reactions in the brain, and they weren't even real. And so Solomon is in that place. He's, he's, he's looking at life from that kind of a perspective, using all of his abilities to think and understand and to research, a very engaging kind of research that he has gone through. So we thank God that, uh, and the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, 
that we are not living in a position that is only under the sun. But according to God's word, we are seated in heavenly places. However, from time to time, from a natural perspective, we wonder, what is the meaning of life? What is success in life? Is it found in the study of nature? Is it found in deep research? Or is it found by knowing our position in Christ being seated in heavenly places? And what that means is that we can have God's perspective. The other day, I was faced with a major trial. I had a four-terabyte hard drive, an external hard drive, and uh, every important file in my life was on that hard drive. And um, I'm switching positions in my school, so we had to transfer information. And a uh, great tech guy uh, said, well, we need to partition this hard drive off and put all your data on that, and then we'll put it on the next machine. What happened was all of my files, everything on that hard drive, were vanished, wiped clean. And the hard drive's rendered unusable. So he felt pretty bad. He felt really bad. And I was feeling weird. <laughs> it's like, I don't know what to do with this. I was upset, and yet I had a sense that from an earthly, under-the-sun perspective, it was bad. And that man could have become my enemy. But from a heavenly perspective... I knew my father was watching, and I knew that my father was pouring out grace, and I knew that he was pouring out wisdom from on high. This was a God moment. So from a godly wisdom, I could manage this. And what ended up at the end of the day is that my friend, who I had had conflicts with in the past, was seeing Jesus in that moment. His life was touched. My life was touched. And I said to him this, after looking at Ecclesiastes, vanity of vanity, all things are vanity. What good is knowledge? What good is everything that was on that hard drive? There was value in that it could build the kingdom. And yet, in a week, it won't matter. It will have been solved. And God gives us wisdom on the fly. And at the end of it, he, he said, he texted me a couple of times and he said, kind things that were just amazing. I knew that God was in that horrible experience. It was, it was really cool. I was really actually excited to go through that trial. We look further on and we see in this, in this portion of scripture that Solomon lays out a couple of proverbs. Uh, he says, you know, that everything under the sun is empty. Uh, he says that God has given this travail, this birthing, this, this desire in humans to understand, and yet we cannot understand everything. He says that which is crooked cannot be made straight. How many of you are still experience some kind of an issue in your life and you still don't have victory over it? Let me see your hands. Yeah, look at us. We're a mess. <laughs> We still have issues, and there's something crooked, and it can't be made straight, except when it comes to the power of Jesus Christ in our lives. It's messed up. This world, everything about life, it's either dented, it's tarnished, it's decaying, it's broken, 
It has a sense of a former glory, and yet it's, it's hidden. And so Solomon is looking through these lenses, and he can see great wisdom, great beauty. You know, cut the baby in half, said Solomon. Where does that come from? It comes from God. And yet everything is wrong. There's something wrong about everything in this life. When you boil it all down, it comes to one thing. There is one problem. It is sin that's entered this world. It is sin that's entered into every one of our lives because we have inherited that. And the answer to that is Jesus Christ. And he puts us back on top. He is the reason. He is the purpose for. He is the way for spiritual success. There's something about you, on the other hand, that is 100% perfect. There's something about you that is amazing, and that is Jesus Christ in you. The seed of faith has germinated in your heart, and that, fee, that seed embodies a spiritual DNA that is restorative, that brings us to the place of, perfect, of perfection in Christ. And so that's our portion, every one of us. You know, turn to the person next to you and say, you're perfect in Jesus. Go ahead. Good. There's something beautiful that you seek after, and it's you're looking for this laser beam light that is made especially for you. Solomon says, of making of books, there is no end, and of much study is weariness of the flesh. That's Ecclesiastes 12, 12. Success in life does not come from unfiltered intellectualism. So why does pursuing knowledge fail to bring us into the good life or give us purpose in life. In verse 16, Solomon says, I said in my heart, I have acquired great wisdom, surpassing all those who were in Jerusalem before me. And my heart uh, has, made great, uh, has had great experience of wisdom and knowledge, and I applied, he was an intense focus in his study to know wisdom and madness and folly, and he ends up saying, it is all like wind. It's all like wind. So why gain knowledge? Why gain knowledge? In wisdom is much vexation, he says, and he who increases it increases sorrow. God has for us a special kind of knowledge, a special knowledge that is just for you. You know, we look at broad uh, things in a very broad kind of a way. And it's a broad statement to say that uh, knowledge is not going to satisfy. But it is a very true statement to say that the knowledge that God wants to impart to you as a very important part of his body of Christ is extremely important and will lead you into fulfillment and blessing others. Knowledge, we look at knowledge as facts and information. And then there's understanding. Understanding takes knowledge and information and figures out how to connect the dots of knowledge to come up with solutions to life. But then wisdom, wisdom is knowing how to take the knowledge, turn it into understanding, and then turn it into applications for everyday living. That's where it becomes, that's where wisdom 
is applied understanding and knowledge. And the scripture in James 3, 17 says, but the wisdom that is from above. Now remember, Solomon is talking about under the sun, looking at life and figuring it out. But in James, he says, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, it's peaceable, it's gentle, it's easy to be entreated, it is full of mercy and good fruits without variance and without hypocrisy. So we, I believe God's plan for us is to become an expert in the wisdom that he has for each one of us. Become full of wisdom in how to do you God's way. Now that's wisdom from above. That is wisdom from above. We have triplets in the church and it's so challenging to try to figure out who's who when they haven't color-coded their hair, okay? And uh, you look at them and you say, yeah, they all look the same. Mom, are they all the same? Not at all. Each one of them is a unique gift to all of us with a unique set of skills, and God wants to breathe into each of them and into each of us the exact wisdom and knowledge from heaven, understanding, connecting the dots, putting it into real life. So this is the wisdom that God has for each one of us. And I just look around. I look around the church. And I see that there is a pastor wisdom that falls on Pastor Dan. Amen? Amen. I know, I know. It is like so cool. He's got this pastor chill wisdom that, you know, offers like discretion and counsel in a 360 degree kind of circumspect way, right? And then we've got musicians. Somebody say, yay, musicians. Yeah. Yeah. They've got music, song, worship. They've got Holy Spirit connection, Wi-Fi channeling from heaven and bringing it to all of us every Sunday so that we enter into the presence of God. I mean, I was thinking today, it's like, man, I wish I knew every single person here today and I wish I knew your exact brand, your gift And I would just encourage you in that gift. And that's what the Holy Spirit is doing today. There are people here who have an extremely open spirit. You you know when God is moving. You also can sense the presence of evil. God wants to breathe on that and make you open to the Holy Spirit and closed and do warfare against the other kinds of spirits that would come against you and others. We have people in this church, and you just think of them yourselves, okay? Because I can't go through all the names, who have a servant heart. They serve. And Jesus said, the greatest in the kingdom is a servant, and how to serve. You know, there's a verse, I love this, in uh, Isaiah chapter 28, verse 23. Isaiah here writes, and he's talking about how cool God is to give his specific kind of wisdom to the farmer. And he talks about the farmer, and he goes, yeah, look at the farmer. He gets his wisdom from God. He doesn't treat all of the seeds the same. Some seeds, he reaches in the bag, and he throws them out. Some, he scatters. However, he takes 
a certain kind of seed and he pokes a little hole and he puts it in the ground. And he says of this, he says, this also comes from Jehovah of hosts who is wonderful in counsel and excellent in wisdom. God gives wisdom to the farmer. Another portion, another one, he talks about wisdom to the artists. And this is only to say that God has a specific wisdom from above for you and wisdom under the sun that comes from the deep studies that others have done so that you can become the best version of who you are in Christ. Jesus can grow up in you. But in uh, Exodus 31, 30, yeah, 31, Verses, uh, starting in verse 3, he says, I have filled him, he called this guy Bezalel, I have filled him with the spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, and in knowledge, in all manner of workmanship, to devise skillful works, to work in gold and silver and brass, and in cutting of stones for setting and for carving of wood. God gives wisdom to you so that you can become everything he's desired you to become. He's called you, and he wants to equip you today with his wisdom. Amen. In Luke chapter 18 and verse 18, somebody came to Jesus, and he's looking for wisdom. And this is a cautionary story. And the guy comes to Jesus, and he says, Lord, what must I do? To inherit eternal life. He figured it out, just like little Siggy here in, in the video that we didn't see. I'm going to die. What am I doing? I want to live forever. Jesus, how do I do this? This is a rich guy. Do you want to know God's wisdom today? You better be ready for his answer. Because it's not always what we want to hear. As I was looking at this today, I saw each one of us, and God showed me this. I, mean, I was a little kid. I might have been seven or eight. And I just felt like God was saying, you've got a diamond in your heart. And I was like, I have a diamond in my heart. I went around telling everybody, I've got a diamond in my heart. And, I had no, I, you know. and this morning, I was reminded of that. And I believe that you are like a diamond. So I looked it up on the internet. I got some pictures, right? And they don't shine. You dig them up. There might be a little trace of shining, but it takes some cutting. It takes a hammer. And God's word says, his word is like a hammer. It takes a chisel. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't even sound like fun to be cut so you can refract and reflect light, pure light. So this guy says, I want to live forever. Jesus, how do I do it? So Jesus said, you want to know? I'll tell you. Sell all that you have and distribute to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Come and follow me. What? Yeah. The wisdom from above is peaceable. It's easy to be entreated. It brings life. It brings life. And so I want to encourage you to be bold today. I love the first, you know, the, the whole beginning of service. You know, and, and Pastor Dan led us in communion, you know, 
It, it was beautiful. What? What? What was the question you asked us to ask God? What? Yeah, 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 yeah. What difference has Jesus made? Let me ask you another question. What difference is Jesus going to make? Yeah? Are you going to walk out of here the same today? Or are you going to be bold enough to say, what must I do? Not just to inherit eternal life, but to affect this community in a way that's never been affected before. Moses got wisdom to build a tabernacle. Noah to build an ark. Jesus to build houses and furniture and to build a kingdom that was everlasting. There's a specific wisdom. Esther, how do I approach my husband who's already murdered several of his wives? Incredible, right? She was born for such a time as that. And so are we. It's a very, very cool thing. Guy named Ehud, he was left-handed. Right? Um, wisdom. How do I hide this little dagger in my right leg, put it under my cloak, reach in, and stick it into Ehud, you know, the king, and slay him? Uh, the guy was kind of large, and the knife went in and swallowed up his knife, and he pulled his hand out and ran away, you know. Wisdom from God. J.L., Eber's wife. The enemy is coming. She invites him into her tent, gives him some milk, wisdom from on high, lactose, puts the guy out, falls asleep. She tiptoes out of the tent. She pulls a stake out, tiptoes back in. He's laying there all asleep, cute as can be, in a fetal position, running from the enemy. She puts a stake on the temple of his head and drives it through. Wisdom from on high. Women are amazing. <laughs> God has got wisdom for every single one of us. Expect it. Yesterday morning, Chris and I were talking. I said, I think this friend of mine, David, and his incredible wife, Tammy, would be incredible bed and breakfast hosts. I think they could do that. And I couldn't get it out of my head. So I called him up. I said, I was waiting on the Lord, and I think that you and Tammy would be incredible bed and breakfast hosts. And the, the phone was quiet for a minute, and he said, I just said that to my wife 15 minutes ago. God is a God of wisdom. He can do that. He can speak. We need to be a people who believe that God talks with us. He shares with us his incredible, incredible wisdom. It's wonderful. The world offers us a huge menu for wisdom and intellect, but God says, I love you. My way is a narrow way that leads into a broad place, and I've got incredible wisdom just for you. Let's take a look at this final point. God has wisdom beyond our understanding. When I first read that, it was like, yeah, 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 God has wisdom beyond it. Yeah, la, 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 whatever. God knows everything. Yeah, right. But he does. And he knows all of that just for us. And the point in this is God has knowledge. He has wisdom beyond our understanding. But he wants to give it to us. Some of it is not beyond our understanding. 
How some people can live the way they live, I don't understand. God's given them wisdom for that, but God has wisdom for each one of us. Ecclesiastes 8, 16. When I applied my heart to know wisdom and to see the business that is done on earth, how neither day nor night do one's eyes see sleep. Then I saw all the work of God that man cannot find out the work that is done under the sun. However, however much man may toil in seeking, he will not find it out. Even though a wise man claims to know, he cannot find it out. Isaiah tells us in Isaiah 55, 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. That is in the Old Testament, and that is true. However, the New Testament says this in 1 Corinthians 2.12. It says this, or 2.6. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? He goes on, Paul says, but we have the mind of Christ. So while God's thoughts are higher than ours, he at certain times like yesterday morning, decides he's going to drop it into our hearts. He's going to give us his mind. The Bible says we have the mind of Christ. And Deuteronomy says this. It brings a beautiful balance in Deuteronomy 29, 29. He says the secret things of the Lord belong to the Lord, but the things that are revealed belong to us. There's wisdom from on high that is yours. By God's design, it belongs to you. And God wants us to position ourselves that although we know in part, we, we speak in part, there's a part that is from God. James says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all. God wants to give us wisdom today. Amen. His wisdom comes from on high. Knowledge is studied from a book. Knowledge that is breathed on by God becomes understanding and it becomes wisdom. And we move forward. It's beautiful. It's an experience. In teaching Bible, I have many students who are brilliant. And they have the knowledge. They have knowledge. Like the Apostle Paul, he had incredible knowledge. And I want to encourage you today to take all of that Bible knowledge that you have and ask God to let the scales fall from your eyes through an experience with God. Like Paul had, all of that knowledge became a revelation in wisdom. His knowledge kept him in bondage, so much so that he actually destroyed the church instead of build the church. I'm not suggesting that anybody here is Saul of Tarsus. I'm just saying that we can be Paul, the Apostle Paul, in our ever-growing experience, ever-growing, because he died daily to gain more of God, more of God's truth. Success in life is found in one of the most foolish events of history, and that is the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. 
The core truths shared by every people on the entire planet are, sh- are truths that you and I share. They're questions that we have. What is the meaning of life? What is true success? How can I really live feeling fulfilled in my everyday life? And it comes by acknowledging just a very few things. I'm alive. I am amazing. Everybody say, I'm amazing. Yes, you're at the top of the food chain. There's nothing on this planet as more awesome as you because you're made and created in the image and in the likeness of God. And as we've already said, we know that this form of life for all of us is going to end someday. We also know that we are sinners. We also know all people, all planets, everywhere know that there's a punishment that must come for sin. And we all know that there must be life after death, but where is that and how do we attain to that in a very pleasant way? We know that we need help. We need to understand, we need to comprehend by revelation the meaning of life for every single one of us. And Jesus is that answer. Jesus, that relationship with him, not just the knowledge about him and information, but that experience that we have Understanding our own brokenness and that which is tarnished can be polished. That diamond can be cut. There's great hope and expectancy. There's actually faith that he who begun a good thing in you will will perform that until the day of Jesus Christ. The world looked at the cross as though it was a foolish thing because gods don't die But gods don't take on human form like Jesus did. And he died in the flesh and he took upon him all of our punishment and the fear that we would have of living in eternity in hell. So this morning I'd like for us to consider asking God for his wisdom. Amen? We're facing situations today, every one of us. And God has a very specific word of wisdom for you. Be bold, be daring. The Bible says if we ask, he will answer. If we ask, he will answer. He has not designed you and created you as a special work of art to put off speaking with you, to you, and through you. Amen. Fulfillment comes by knowing the wisdom of our God. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we look to you today. You are the all-knowing God. And you've put within our heart this understanding that we live in a broken world. And we understand as well that you have made us whole. You have made us new. We understand, Lord, that there is a, a greater portion of grace and wisdom that comes from on high. And we cry out for that today. We need wisdom as fathers in raising our children, as mothers to be gentle and leading and guiding our families. On the job, how do we show, how do we portray your love? How do we portray your wisdom? How do we hold steady when things go wrong? Lord, we cry out to you that we'll turn from vanity. We've all given ourselves to it. Working hard to gain things that produce status, wealth, momentary pleasure in this world. Turn our hearts from it. 
turn our hearts today from vanity and turn us to the wisdom from above that is so fulfilling because you chip away, you shape us, you form us, that we can receive the light, that we can become your light, and that we can shine your light in this dark and perverse generation. May we do that within our flock, and may we do that in our neighborhood and across the world. We thank you and praise you for this today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us as we study God's Word together. We would love to hear how God is moving in your heart and get you connected into the Woodside Bible Church family. Head to woodsidebible.org connect to introduce yourself today.